All right, Ulysses. Uh, we usually do midweek mailbag, mailbag on Wednesday, but uh, we're going to give a little bonus to the Locked on Rays listening contingent out there. We'll have a mailbag Tuesday and a mailbag Wednesday. I know there's a lot of questions that we get. Uh, need to uh, get through. Hopefully, the, the, the Brewer series is going well. And it, because it will, and we previewed it on Monday, so uh, let's let's uh, let's see what you guys have for us. You are locked on Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. And we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And if you're interested in advertising with the program, Locked On Rays at gmail.com. All right, let's roll into these mailbag questions. Several of these uh, may or may not be from Darren Hybert, but just wanted to throw that out there that he gave us a bevy of really fun questions to tackle. So we've got that uh, for today, and we've got several more for tomorrow as well. This first question, Taj Bradley is a Durham Bull. When will he be a Ray? Well, Darren, um, Thank you in advance for all of the questions that we're going to talk about uh, today and tomorrow. Uh, let's see. When will he be a Ray? I think he has four starts so far with the Durham Bulls, if I am correct, if I'm remembering. Yeah, correctly. and you they haven't been that great all combined. Yeah, you can check me on that, though, but I do believe it's four so far. Um, I, unless unless for you Hamilton Hamilton fans I do not think that we will see him in 2022 I do not I do not foresee that uh, I think he's more of a the Rays have enough in Yarbrough Fleming Romero to be able to kind of piecemeal this thing if if something goes awry. Again, you have Johnny Chirinos coming back. You have a Brendan McKay coming back, hopefully. So I think for Taj, it's get some reps, do your triple-A. Like, there is no rush. I don't I – don't, right. no fans want to see him right away. Um, I, don't, I don't foresee him until, like – July at the earliest of 2023. No, I agree 100%. And pretty much every level that he's been at, he's tackled and put up killer numbers. I mean, what he did so far this season in AA Montgomery was outstanding and what elevated him to basically top prospect status. But AAA, he's had some rough patches here and there. So I think there's going to be some learning and growing. Let's remember he doesn't have any college experience. He's just 21 years old. Um, I also wonder, I mean, there's so many injured guys that a couple of them are going to come back. I mean, I, he's not on the 40 man yet. That's the other thing too. Like there's too many other guys uh, knocking on the door, if you will. And I don't know if this has anything to do with it but let's also recall 
Shane McClanahan, his first action, very first action in the postseason. Shane Boz, his first action, very first action in the postseason. Did those guys not struggle and have sort of a reality check, reality moment? I wonder if the Rays are willing to do that with Taj Bradley. And I don't think they are this season. So I agree with you. I I would say sometime mid-year of 2023. That's what I would peg it at as of right now. I mean, he's, he's clearly, um, the, the rage in baseball. I mean, I think he was one of the, the most asked about prospects and trade talks, uh, that the Rays were involved in. And he's got, um, he's got that four pitch mix. He's got the fastball. He's got the curveball. He's got the slider. He's got the changeup. He might be sort of, uh, uh, a poor man's Shane McClanahan, right-handed. Poor man's Shane Boz. I know that the Rays had worked with him to improve his delivery. I just think that, again, we get a little bit rambunctious with prospects. A guy's killing it in Double A or Triple A, and uh, it, you know, you you read the reports and you keep hearing a name and you keep hearing a name, and it's like, well, when are they going to call this guy up? And I just, um, I don't think he's ready yet, and and. I don't think he should be rushed. I don't think there's any reason to rush him this year. I I don't think there's any reason to rush him. Like if he was a bat, if you're if we're yeah. talking about Curtis Mead, who is killing it, if we're talking about Grant Witherspoon, who is killing it in AAA, and you're like, oh wait, we need bats, or Jonathan Aranda, who is killing it in AAA. Like, you know, when what are your needs? Do the Rays need starting pitching? No, they don't. Like, I mean, in the big picture, does every team? Yeah. Starting picture, yes, but come on, people. I'm saying, what has been the strength in 2022 for the Rays? It hasn't been the base running. It hasn't been the defense. It hasn't been the offense. It has been the pitching. So I don't see a point of rushing this guy. Look, he's had 12 innings in AAA. He has a 525 ERA. uh, 15 hits allowed in 12 innings. 16, which he's like... Give give him give him some time to cook, like you know, marinate right. himself. Like he's a young guy. Like I, I don't see any point in rushing him. I think that would be detrimental to his development. We could also point out Brendan McKay. Was he not a little bit rushed from AAA and, and right. to the major leagues? Yeah, he had a ter- terrific MLB debut with the Texas Rangers. I believe it was six innings scoreless. And he was just pinpointing left, right, up, yeah. just controlling everything. But um, then it was kind of a letdown rookie season for him, pitching wise. Right. So I, I don't see any point. I want him to hit a hundred innings in AAA. You know. Yeah. No, I think that's to really sort things out. I think that's really fair. And I know we we both mentioned um, his numbers and their lackluster at AAA right now. Some of that may just be. I haven't watched any Taj Bradley in AAA, but there sometimes is a directive of, hey, only focus on this pitch or yes. only focus on these two pitches. It's not yes. go out and perform to the best of your ability. It's, hey, we want you to fine tune this part of your re- repertoire. And you get hammered, you get beat up because of that, because you're working on something. You know, that's this part of the, the ball game there. Exactly. Like we want him to get shellacked in AAA. Yeah. We want him to like, oh, if he's really finding that curveball as, as a chase pitch, you want him to work on that curveball. Oh, it's getting hit around. Okay, well, let's let's hopefully get that sorted out before yeah. you're actually facing a, a Rowdy Teles. 
right uh, before before you're 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 facing an Aaron Judge. Like you got to get those things crisp, and twelve innings is not enough. Uh, so yeah, definitely, yeah. I would not. Anything earlier than July 2023 would really tell me. Number one, a lot of injuries happen. Yeah. Or number two, the guy has just been on a Blake Snell 2016 AAA 50-inning scoreless that you're like, okay, we, we, we would be irresponsible. We would be negligent not to give this guy the ball. Like those right. are the two options. Injuries or he is just putting unreal numbers. Yeah, and let's it's good for him to experience a bit of failure, whether some of that is – engineered with only focusing on a certain part of your repertoire or the fact that, Hey, he's 21 years old. He's at the highest level before getting to the majors. And you're facing a lot of four a guys, a lot of guys who have had that taste, that cup of coffee in the big leagues. A lot of guys that are 27, 28, 29, that, you know, they it's, it's a different level for sure. I mean, there's more pure talent in double a, but Triple A, you got more refined ball players that, you know, at the end of the day, they're probably not going to be, you know, long term professionals, but, or long term big leaguers, I should say, but they're, they're a little bit long in the tooth and they know how to work a 21 year old despite how good his stuff is. Well, you know, you talk about good, how good stuff is. Let me tell you about the built bar puffs. Okay, yes. Kevin, because they are so good. All right, so I'm going to introduce you, Kevin, to a new favorite, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs, which have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, you know it, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. It's all of the joys of eating cookie dough, and they're only 160 calories, and they have only 15 grams of protein in them only that's amazing that's amazing that's exactly what you want so it's the perfect treat if you want to be health conscious but you also want something really really yummy so today go to built.com you can use promo code locked 15 and try the cookie dough chunk puff today you're going to get 15 percent off your order if you use that promo code locked 15 we keep telling you about it I know you've used it, so go get yourself some Built Bars. Again, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your order at Built.com. All right, uh, this next question. If the collapsing Boston Red Sox decide to shake up their roster in the offseason, would the Rays and Boston trade with each other? They have in the past. Yes. Let's not forget the Maza Springs Ronaldo trade. Uh, I need to check out Ronaldo's stats. Um, They're actually really good in AAA, and he's on the 40-man for the Red Sox. And the fact that the Red Sox just traded Christian Vasquez opens up a lane or an avenue for him, if not this year, I would think next year. So he's basically doing what he's supposed to do i would say thus far uh the rays have come out on top in that deal with the output that jeffrey springs has uh gathered thus far but we'll see what happens but yes that that's that wasn't all that long ago that that deal was made yeah i know and i'm happy to hear ronaldo's doing well Hopefully he has a long, steady career and always goes headless against the race and just mashes against everybody else. Um, that's my hope for him. Uh, can they trade again? Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past them. I don't think it would be something mm-hmm. major, you know. Uh, I think it would right. be something like that 
that could develop into something really good. I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, even though Maza was DFA'd, like Springs is a member of your rotation and he's been one of the best yeah. rotation guys that you could have hoped for in 2022 for the race in, in the league. I mean, I, I, I think that the swings inside the zone, it, unreal with his changeup. I mean, the changeup right. has been working fantastically for Jeffrey Springs. So I think it could develop into something, a trade, but it wouldn't be like a major one. Yeah, that. don't expect uh, Raphael Devers or Tanner Houck or Nick Pavetta or Chris Sale in a Rays uniform. Think more along the lines of Franchi Cordero, who struggles in Fenway Park or struggles for an organization like that. Maybe a change in scenery, change in environment, a place where there's not as much pressure. A guy who has immense, immense strength and power. Um, see what maybe he can do in a Rays uniform. And, you know, with Heim Bloom at the helm, with the Red Sox, of course, former Rays executive, it seems like there, there's a lot of players swapping uh, or a lot of they're, they're kind of targeting the, the same players in some sense. For example, Rich Hill, Michael Walker, Hunter Renfro, Tommy Pham, Christian Arroyo, Rob Refsnyder, a lot of those types of guys that um, if the Rays like them, this new new breed Red Sox front office probably likes them as well to some extent. So, and you know, th- I mean, the, I guess there was also a major trade back in 2018 when the Rays traded Nate Eovaldi to right. the Red Sox. I wouldn't expect something like that to happen, but um, I think a, a smaller deal with a, a guy on the fringe, 26 or 40 man, absolutely could be worked out. Now, question um, because I, I think this is fun to talk about. I mean, the Red Sox. Let's also remember they're a 500 team right now. So they're, they're, I don't think they're going to totally shake things up. I think if there's anything that happens, it would be a minor move, but would it, is it fair to say that the Rays and Red Sox would be more likely to trade with each other versus the Rays and Red Sox trading with the Yankees? (laughs) I, I think that that would be more likely just because they there's that rapport of working right. together between um, Bloom, Bendix, and and Neander. Uh, I think that that helps a lot. I I think you know they they might have dealt with with Cashman for a long long time because Cashman I think has been in has been the GM for the Yankees if I'm not mistaken since 1998. Crazy. So t- talk about a tenure there. Um, so obviously they've had their dealings, but yeah, I think that the, the personal touch, the personal rapport with, with Bloom and, and being friends, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't doubt that those guys are friends and maybe they've, it's a little bit less, um, likely to keep in touch when you're not in the same hallways, but I'm, I'm sure Bloom and, and Bendix and, and, and Neander still keep in touch. Sometimes. Yeah, I'm sure they're in a group chat, group text, whatever it may be. For sure. Uh, that might have to be a good prop bet for bet online is will the Rays and Red Sox come together on some sort of minor trade in the offseason? If they do, can it not be Jared Durant? Because that guy, my goodness, he has been a Ringling Brothers circus uh, show out there in center field. Like it's been it's yeah. been like, like, oh my goodness. And wasn't he one of the like most talked about prospects as well? 
That's what yeah. happens, people. Remember, do not prospect. Yeah. It's a disease. And sometimes it's, again, a bad player too like that. You can't shake that off when you're in a market like Boston. It's tough, man. It's a tough mental game. Yeah. Yogi Berra said it, baby. If you're playing in Kansas City or Pittsburgh or Tampa Bay, maybe it's a different case. That's what I'm saying. Hey, go out and acquire a Franchi Cordero. I mean, what's the, the worst that can happen? It's not like you have to give up, you know. Taj Bradley or Curtis Mead to acquire a guy like that. Just saying. Uh, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eats. Uh, esports and even golf bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering info from live in-game betting scores and podcast they have you covered so head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today bet online it is where the game starts all right another fun question we have here when the schedules open up, the Rays should be advantaged by not having to play AL East teams so much. Pair this with expanded playoffs, and how does this affect the fan experience? It's almost as much fun rooting against a rival as cheering on your own team. We might think we'll despise Boston and New York for life, but soon their success or failure will mean very little to Rays fans. A few more wins in the season a little less passion about rivalries. How does this inevitable trade-off strike you? Ready to go sing Kumbaya in the Bronx. And of course, what this question is alluding to is in 2023, teams will uh, play fewer games against division opponents instead playing one series against every team in the other league. So just wanted to put that out there, that schedule is uh, schedules opening up beginning in 2023. I, I like the creativity and the question, and I appreciate it. Let's also be mindful that, yes, the Rays play their division 18, 19 times, uh, which is a lot. It'll, yeah. it'll go down to 14. So it's not like, oh, man, when do we ever play the Red Sox or the Yankees? Like, right. It's 14. not like, oh, now we've only got a four-game series versus them, or we've only, we're only playing six games. You're still playing them still playing. <laughs> more than a dozen times. You're still playing them a lot. I understand that it's less. So I don't think the rivalry will decrease with the Yankees or the Red Sox. You're still going to love to root against them. And I think that's actually one of the greatest things about being a fan is sometimes not having to root for your team, but root for the demise of another team. I think that's really fun. That's something the sports gives us that it's, you know, it's sometimes might might be a little bit – not found in other avenues, if I right. say that. But uh, I think, on the other hand, I think it's just going to enhance the, the 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 fan experience. Number one, you are going to create new rivalries. You're going to create new memories of hate, if I can yeah. use that word very lightly and not what it actually is supposed to be. Like, let's hate in the sports sense. Like, you know, let's say the the Rays go into Minnesota and then just sweep them. Just sweep them 
two two times in a row. Mm-hmm. You don't think the Twins fans are going to remember that, and they're going to be like oh, those bleeping Rays, man. I I, I cannot stand yeah. the bleeping Rays and their bleeping openers, and their nah, they they never even have Tampa Bay on their jerseys. It's only Rays and the Sunburst. Like I hate that team. Like that's awesome. That's right. going to be great. So I think it's going to enhance it that way, where you're going to create new rivalries. But I also think it's going to enhance the fan experience because you get to see more of Byron Buxton and you're going to see a little bit more of Shoyo Otani and you are going to see a lot of more of Rowdy Telez and yeah. William Adamas and you're going to see a lot more of Juan Soto and Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. And oh my God, why is the Dominican Republic's lineup for the World Baseball Classic all jumped into yeah. the San Diego Padres? My right. goodness, it's amazing. Good for them. Yeah, um, I think so it's going to be great. No, I think at the end of the day, whether it's 18 or 19 games against the Red Sox and Yankees, respectively, versus 14 games, I don't think that. The, the rivalry will still absolutely be there. If anything, I mean, maybe the Rays front office and ownership is a little bit perturbed because that might cause attendance to hit, take a hit in some sense. If that's, you know, one less home series uh, where you, you have a Red Sox crowd or, or a Yankees crowd. But I think at the end of the day, you hit on it enhancing the fan experience. And I think growing the game is so important. We talk all the time about, we don't really get an opportunity to watch or see the National League stars and the National League teams in person very often outside of the Marlins, maybe. But when do we really get that opportunity to see Juan Soto and see Fernando Tatis Jr. and see Manny Machado and see Ronald Acuna Jr. and see the 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 stars of the American League that we may only see them every once in a while. Like I want to see Julio Rodriguez more often. I want to see Mike Trout more often. I want to see Shohei Otani more often. I want to see guys like Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso. Yeah. I think that that's a huge, huge fact. How could I leave? I'm, you know, I'm just naming players at this point. But you you get the point of just being able to get exposed to more players, more rosters, different franchises, and just. There's something about seeing a jersey, another team's jersey that you don't see very often. To me, it piques the interest a little bit more. No matter the sport, yeah. not just baseball, but any sport, when you know one of your favorite teams is facing a team that you never get to see, that that lights up a little bit to some extent. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, we were talking about it on Friday, uh, on Friday's episode during trivia. J.D. Drew had a career yeah. war of 42. And, you know, because he was so much into the National League, that was completely lost if you were an American League fan right. like, I, I, like I was. You know, I I, I only saw him as, a, as the Red Sox guy for like three to four seasons. Yeah. But he had a very solid whole career. And, and, and you miss that when you're just a one-team kind of person. So... You know, I think I think it, it can only enhance the the fan experience to get to see new teams, get to see new uh, the, the stars of 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 every mm-hmm. team play against yours, and create new memories that will you know create a new traditional you know rivalry. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be cool for Tampa Bay and I said Minnesota earlier, so I'll, I'll pick on them again. Like, and the Twins to just kind of like not like each other yeah that would be great that would right be great 
And I love how you mentioned JD Drew there. Two examples of that. Um, look at the Diamondbacks, David Peralta, and yes. former Diamondbacks player Paul Goldschmidt. I had no idea Paul Goldschmidt put up the career that he has put up. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, most and likely. We missed it. If we, we missed, missed all those years. Freddie Freeman. Freddie yeah. Freeman is so close with Atlanta. I don't want to, you know, I, you know, Matt Olson. Right. You know, I think this whole thing is a tremendous first step, but I'm going to go farther. Like I have said this on this podcast since we started on June 10th, 2019. For you OGs, thank you so much for staying <laughs> with us, listening for three plus years. Eliminate divisions. This is my great controversial opinion. Eliminate divisions. It does not make sense. If you look at the standings, people, look at what the Twins are doing to be first in their division. Now look at what the Yankees have had to do to be first, and look at what Houston has had to do. What are we doing here? Eliminate divisions. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So... That's my big proposal is just make it one league, just like it was in the past. And it's not a big controversial thing. It shouldn't be because boomers who listen to the show might remember that once upon a time and millennials and Gen Z who have done their their history on baseball and and, and know how things operated before divisionals and, and all that. It was one big league and then the other big league and then the best ones go go for the show. Okay. So we could do something like a throwback like that where it's kind of a more paired up uh, schedule and and there's no more, oh, this team won 86, so they get their central divisional crown yeah. while the team that won 92 gets relegated to a wild card position. Uh, that, that, come on. Come on. If we, if we eliminate divisions, can we also include an amendment that requires – all games to be seven innings. <laughs> would you do no. that? No. Okay. No, okay. No, no, I would, I would sign up immediately, immediately. immediately yeah. uh, no, it's, it's fun to talk about for sure. And uh, great questions there. We have another mailbag episode coming up on Wednesday. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, thank you again for making the locked on Rays podcast, your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the locked on MLB prospects podcast with Lindsay Crosby. He's awesome. Great. And very entertaining. So check that out as well. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And we will talk to you on Wednesday. <laughs>